0: Welcome to The Contractor's Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Humphrey, and we're brought to you today by ForConstructionPros.com, and we're sponsored by Caterpillar. Today's topic is a very timely topic, obviously for just about everybody in the United States. We're going to talk a little bit about the impact that perhaps COVID had. In fact, we want to call this, how has COVID-19 impacted contractors? I'm joined today by three of our resident experts from Caterpillar. We really do appreciate their insights on this and their specialty focus. One is Jason Hurtis. He is over the quarry and aggregates from a uh, specialist standpoint. Lonnie Fritz joins us from heavy and highway construction. And Scott Hageman joins us from great technology. Guys, how are we doing today?
1: Real good, Brad. Doing well.
0: Good to hear all of you talk there. We uh, this is an interesting topic, uh, and mainly because it's 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 definitely timely. There hasn't been one part of our economy and people that have not been affected by COVID nineteen. And instead of getting into those things, which you already know about, I'm sure we all have our stories. I'd like for us to focus a little bit more on how has COVID 19s impact been on Caterpillar, for instance, or and maybe other providers as well, in terms of getting materials, supplies, uh, when providers are under the virus. How have you guys dealt with that as a company as you continue to work to support dealers and contractors? Jason, can you give us some thoughts first?
2: Yeah, I think like everybody else, the first maybe month or two was a little bit of a shock. Luckily, our supply chain wasn't severely interrupted as far as the, the parts channel. We started having people work from home but again, with a pretty adaptive workforce and the ability of having laptops rather than workstations in the past, you know, people have, have been able to pick up and really not miss too much of a beat after the initial shock of what is this? I got to stay home. How do I get my home office set up? Um, how do I manage my work life balance? Um, so we really haven't missed too much of a beat. And like I said, our, our parts supply, our machine supply Um, It stayed fairly, fairly normally, uh, luckily for us anyway.
0: Well, so many of us in the construction industry, you know, uh, are deemed essential, right? We're still working on things that need to be done for the for the public and all that. Bonnie, some thoughts from you on this particular topic.
1: Yeah, you know, looking at it through the the lens of the construction industry in particular, Brad. You know, there's most jobs, especially if you're let's take bridge construction for example, or even you know precast box culverts. There, they can be long lead items with the bridge beams and the cast in place ca- or uh, precast concrete, and you're looking at you know shop drawings and pre approvals and things that um, get those things out there as soon as you can because there have been you know individuals and staffs and engineers and all different types of individuals. Um, that have been impacted by coronavirus and, uh, has just, you know, caused things to get backed up, you know, a lot of bottlenecks out there. So increasing the lead time, you know, it's, it's those suppliers that say, Hey, just as soon Mm -hmm. as, you know, please let me know. Um, Mm -hmm. even advanced purchases and deliveries, you know, if you have the capital to be able to fund some advanced purchases, right. stockpile those materials. I don't care if, you know, pipe fittings, aggregates, you know, the liquid AC at an asphalt plant or some, the cementitious material or rebar, whatever you can do to get ahead of that curve, you know, as some supply chains could be constrained due to, you know, impacts to the workforce. That may help you alleviate some actual contractual uh, delays, um, you know, out there yeah. on the actual job site itself, which, as we know, could lead to yeah. penalties or missing the sweet spot, you know, season in seasonal work. Yeah,
0: you know, I, most of us, I mean, all four of us are old enough to remember not too many years ago uh, when there was a, a shortage of Portland cement. One of the reason I brought that up is because I remember having clients at the time in the concrete world that you know they were putting in calls. Uh, for orders, you know, six weeks in advance. And, uh, you know, for the contractor who's used to turn around quickly, I know that this has been uh, a little bit of a problem for them with certain types of materials and supplies this go around because of what uh, COVID has invaded everywhere. Hey, Scott, when you look at this from your perspective, um, you know, what's been some experiences you might share that, uh, again, Lonnie's touched on a few of those, but providers, you know, you guys and other providers have been underneath the COVID-19 pandemic watch as well. Any thoughts from you on what Caterpillar has done and how they've done it to stay competitive and stay there supporting the contracting?
3: I think the willing, willingness to change is the big thing and the attitude of the employees uh, that, that really that can do attitude. It might not be the easiest working from your kitchen table but uh, that they're willing to put the effort in and make that home office in the basement, that uh, area that Mm -hmm. used to just be a storage area. And now all of a sudden it's a utilized part of the house. It's sometimes more utilized in the kitchen because you're down there for eight hours, just pounding away because we've always been focused on helping that customer. So uh, that, that whether you're coming in the office or whether you're staying home our employees have always had that in the back of their mind. So it's just a little bit of change and willingness to make that change. It helps this process. Hey, let me roll into something here. It just
0: dawned on me. Let, let's maybe roll into how, how has the any new developments, how have we continued those contractual relationships uh, be, between ourselves and our contractors? Has that changed at all? I know not all parts of the country, we're, we're, we're dealing with it the same way. I mean, obviously in Texas, it's been a little bit more open, but some states have really been strangled a bit. And so how, how have you guys seen that change? And you, you know, Scott, you brought up change. I think you're right. But how has some of the things between providers and contractors, maybe how has that changed in the last year?
3: Well, I think the thing that has not changed is our focus on safety. And safety is paramount in health in this scenario this pandemic is just unbelievably unreal on how much health makes everybody's thinking process change and uh, if you had somebody that's been affected directly your thinking process is even tainted more just because Mm -hmm. of the experience you went through so we've never let up on that safety aspect yes we would love for our suppliers to be able to continue to provide at the same rate they were before but you have to have some leniency based on the the safety aspect because they might be losing some operational yeah. capabilities with their yeah. personnel also. Jason, a lot, lot of anything else on that? That's kind of what I've seen.
2: It's it's I don't have the right word for it, but maybe tolerance. You know, mm-hmm. tolerance as far as you know timelines getting missed a little bit because you know they have employees out or. You know, they're waiting on their supplier to deliver something to them so they can make it into something else and, and deliver it for you. I think there's a little bit more tolerance for, for a lot of that. And I think that's kind of changed some of the the expectations in the contracts, if if tolerance is the right word, I guess.
1: And just an increased level of, you know, risk, uncertainty, because it's, you know. In the medical field, it's another virus for the medical professionals to track. Um, You know, how does that cascade out into, let's say, in this case, the industries? And it's just, I've talked to several customers, some of my own friends, and how they are, you know, different protocols are having to put in place, other things that, um, have become a daily part of their business now, um, due to this situation. And it also, um, you know, as it in, as it relates to equipment is it, um, it changes some of their behaviors when it comes mm-hmm. to capital expenditures. Are they going to lease rent, maybe even rent purchase option, you know, an RPO versus, uh, letting that capital go, um, and upgrading their fleet because what yeah. jobs are going to be able to be worked, what jobs, you know, can, cannot be be worked. Um, so it also, you know, we right. went through this in the financial crisis, it's the automobile industry as well, where people start right. to look at maintenance and repair. Let's just let's just take care of yeah. the home front here first. Um, so that that's created um, other opportunities, you know, on the parts and service side too, is uh, they take a step back and they look at what they have and how they can refine it and use use that fleet in this case and technologies um, until they get their feet a little bit more stable and the compass starts to settle down a little bit and they have a, you know, know the direction they're going to be bearing in. I think that's some good insight because I, I think you're absolutely right. Obviously there's some
0: contractors that I know across the country that literally were on projects that were just stopped. I mean, just stopped. And, and in some cases they might have begun again after two or three or four weeks. Others just begun to go back. And so, again, it can depend on what part of the country you're in and that type of thing. So I, I would appreciate you sharing that insight there. Maybe maybe some things to close out. We've got contractors who are on this podcast or listening to us. What might be some good advice that you guys might want to share with them in dealing with not, not just Caterpillar, but in general, any provider of equipment or services that help them run their business more effectively? Would you, would you have some final words of wisdom to share with these, uh, this listening group.
2: Again, I would think just keep doing what you're going to do. I mean, I'm trying to be optimistic. I'm sure it's going to change, but you know, just keep plugging away, keep doing what you're good at. Um, and it'll, it'll come train your people, make sure that they're ready for when it does turn, you're going to be the first one in line. Mm-hmm.
1: I think, you know, from a high level view, so, Brad, is just listen yeah. to your people as always, you know, whether it's growth development or what they're concerned about. I know, we've been fortunate if we, if we do have an opportunity to travel, that's based mm-hmm. on the, the right. comfort level of the individual. And, uh, you know, just we're all learning as we go here. We know a lot more now than we did, right. you know, at the onset, um, but continue to be cognizant. And, and again, um, be prepared, be vigilant, and, uh, and make sure you're mm-hmm. protecting your number one asset. And that's those that report to duty every day.
0: I appreciate that. That's,
1: that's awesome. Scott,
0: anything you want to finish up with? I'll give you
1: the final thoughts on that
3: think just a little bit of flexibility. You know, These are different times. Uh, we've got some younger people in the workforce um, and even some middle-aged people in the workforce have never gone through something like this before. So have a little compassion, a little bit of flexibility so that, like Jason said, when the, the, the faucet turns on, you're flowing full steam ahead. I appreciate that. You know, th- this is a topic that can get very negative very
0: quickly, but I appreciate your three inputs on this, because this is something, it's another challenge, right? And we have to face it head on. And so many, I think this is one of the things why I enjoy the construction industry the most, because it's it really is made up of men and women who are ready to tackle uh, sometimes the impossible. And in some cases, we have actually done that. And uh, I, I'd like to take this time, I don't do this very often, but I'd like to thank Caterpillar for really setting the tone here. And uh, guys, thank you for your input. Hey, if you've been listening to this podcast, hopefully you've enjoyed it, but take some of the points that That Jason and Lonnie and and Scott have shared with you. That's why they're here. And if you need to listen to the podcast again, well, by golly, do that. Maybe even share that at a meeting, a team meeting with your with all your company. You can. Uh, we also want to thank Caterpillar for sponsoring this and for, for ConstructionPros.com for sending it your way. Uh, if you'd like to check out more topics of podcasts that we have done over the last few years, uh, we, we welcome that. And also, you may want to check out some of the sites that your favorite podcasts are on. You may find us popping up there, too. So thank you for listening. Use the things that you've heard today. Hey, let's have a great year and let's knock it out. Be productive and profitable this year. Thank you for listening. Find out more information around the topics we covered during the Contractor's Best Friend podcast on the 4ConstructionPros.com Profit Matters page. Look for the link on the top of the 4 Pros website.